This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. I have not. The summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Hey. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. No, I don't care. Drop my pen. Dang it. For another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live. Not so live. What's up, everybody? From the low budget live bar and grill, bar and bunker, on a cold February the 8th. This is your low budget live for February the 8th. Hope all of you friends and neighbors, you low lifer and son of a guns are doing well. And if you are new to this program, you are now a low lifer. So congratulations. It's a really big deal. It's an honor. It's an honor to be a low lifer. Whew, lots of things going on, lots of things going on. Man, it's been a good, it's been a, it's been a good week and it's been a crazy week. Y'all, y'all know that uh, I share everything with all you low lifers and uh, I've been telling you about this, this, this health stuff going down and uh, this week uh, was a very exciting week. I got to go get my, my new Express. Y'all been giving me a hard time about this banner behind me because it ain't hanging up because this roof line runs like this and I'm still trying to figure that out. 
I'm still trying to figure that out, but I got to get the boat that matches the Daggum Banner. This week, got to go out to Hot Springs, got to visit with all the uh, Express Boats family, and I got that thing picked up. And then I went out to Oklahoma, to the bass tank, and was out there, and I got a call from my doctor. And those of you that follow along on Instagram saw all this insanity, but, but I got a call from my doctor again, and I had had blood levels checked again before I headed out to uh, the fine state of states of Arkansas and Oklahoma, and Dr. Collins and says, yeah, your levels are still ridiculous. They're ridiculous, and we need you to be here in the morning for fluids. Like, we need to hook you to some IVs. We need to get you in. And I, I said, well, there's only one problem. I'm 10 hours from home, and we got a bass boat to rig. So... They tell me, oh, well, you, you know, when will you be back? I'm like, I don't know. Depends on how long it takes the fine folks at the bass tank to get this puppy ready for the water. And so I, I ended up uh, going to, on, on Wednesday of last week, one of these IV nutrition places, which is, to quote uh, Harper, my lovely daughter, very bougie, very bougie. Like, this is like hangover treatment. This is... This is not stuff that Luke Duncan is used to, right, at all. Um, but I couldn't get in to get an IV anywhere without, like, being admitted to the hospital. Like, it was this whole thing. Even if my doctor called, like, it was crazy. I couldn't get anybody to give me one. So I go to this place, and I got me about three and a half hours worth of IVs, like three bags of fluid, vitamins, you name it. Could have had everything in it, like, except for, like, Fruity Pebbles. Like, I don't even know what they get. They give me a shot. In my hip, like I still don't know what that was about. But the girl said, "Pull, pull, pull your britches down, hands against the wall." I was like, "I don't, I don't even know you. Like we just met. Now you want me to? You, all right." So the the folks at IV Nutrition hooked me up though. So it got me, it got me back going. Got my levels checked again when I got home, and my numbers that they are concerned about had came down significantly. I got to get them checked again this week. So uh, lots of well wishes from you guys and gals out there, and I appreciate it. I just wanted to update everybody because I got some Insta messages like, hey, you never update. What the heck's going on with you? So that's why I opened the show with that today. Thank you all for asking. I don't feel bad. That's the weird thing. I do not feel bad. I don't feel bad. (laughs) And I don't feel sick. And I, I am truly, I'm healthier right now. Y'all know my weight loss stuff. I've talked to y'all. I'm healthier right now. And, and as far as just, I'm not in shape, but I'm, I'm getting there, you know, where I want to be. And I, I feel better than I have felt in a very, very, very long time. So it's, it, it's kind of disheartening. Like my doctor said, hey, don't, uh, don't work out. Don't exercise. That was like doctor's orders not to exercise. Like when's a doctor telling you not to exercise? Like if exercise kills me, like I've been waiting on somebody to tell me not to exercise my whole life. Most people tell you to exercise. Hey, fatty, run on treadmill. Get out there. So I've been had, having the uh, last couple of weeks kind of scale down and not – it's really impacted my 500-mile challenge I gave myself. That just means I'm going to have to go hard in the paint, you know, once I get the clear, but uh, the all clear that I'm, that I'm better. But like the triple threats breathing down my neck, no exercising. So, you know – Oh well, I kind of got in a rhythm exercising every day, and and um, it's where it's where we're at though. I'm hydrated. I'll say that I drink more water, body armors, Gatorades, 
freaking had the IVs, man. I'm going to float right on out of here. But uh, but that's where it's at. Thought I'd give you all an update for those of you all that care. For those of you all that don't, right on through. Right on through, just like you do this next part, if you don't like it. Sponsor time. Sponsor time. We always got to shake that StarTron bottle, and we have to thank StarTron for being a very, very, very great partner to low budget live in the traveling circus. StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your bass boat, in your 75 Ford. It'll get rid of it. Ethanol sucks. Kick it in the teeth with StarTron. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that don't run. So a little dab will do you right here. This bottle, 256 gallons treated. Look, you know how many? That's a lot of gallons, y'all. That's a lot of gallons. StarTron, get you some StarTron. The fine folks at Sims Fishing Products. And once again this week, getting to run that express. Dad and I got it out on the water. I had to suit up. I got to uh, got to break that new Pro Guide rain gear out again and uh it's so lightweight man like it's it's crazy like it's not a lot of rain gear you can't move around and this this stuff is uh it's really lightweight and got to wear it bundled up out there running around of course staying on brand had a sims beanie on you know sims gloves you know just out there being sponsor guy but uh, they do make some of the best layering stuff outerwear truly that i've that i've ever worn and uh, some of you have asked i do not have a code for sims i'm working on that hopefully they will give us a code but uh just go check it out uh sims fishing products have added a lot of new things i've got an order on the way right now some new goodies that uh that i'm pretty pumped about but check them out check them out at sims fishing products you get one life might as well fish it well so thanks to the folks at sims gotta say a big thank you to the people at Pro Guide Batteries. I do have a discount code for that coming, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks. Okay, there is a discount code for Pro Guide Batteries, and I've got the the AGMs in my boat. I got four of those bad boys right now, and uh, they've got something big coming. I want to say that, but I've got some AGMs right now hooked up in uh, in the old Express, and um, can't wait to run those things this year. Battery issues absolutely drive me nuts, and uh, I've had plenty of those. If I, I could do an entire two-hour podcast on battery issues, so uh, proud to be partnering with the folks at Pro Guide Batteries. And last but certainly not least, the banner that lays on the couch, the fine folks at Express Bass Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas Performance Bass Boats. And y'all, I want to say this: this this week, this has been everything's been building up to this moment for me with these guys and I got to go out I got to get my boat picked up and I'm blown away and I know what people say oh yeah pros they they it's the new and shiny thing I've been with the same company for years y'all know that I've been with Ranger forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and I'm telling you right now I don't think I've 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 been this excited in a long time about a boat man and my kids are excited. My dad took my got to take my dad out for a couple hours in it. He's blown away. My brother loves the thing. Like it's just really cool and it's fun to be a part of this small tight-knit group that is the Express Pro staff. Clay Connor, uh, who's just doing great things there in marketing. Rory Herndon, who's just running the show, got to meet his family out there this week, and and his his boys are super into YouTube fishing and are super into just the sport, and it's awesome to know that the guy calling the shots 
you like his family, they're involved in the sport, man. Like that, that's a beautiful thing. And it's really fun to be a part of that, you know, right down to the engineers, um, you know, designing such a cool product, asking for your feedback on things, but, uh, love the C deck, got this thing home. I've posted, I've probably, I've been like ad nauseum on this on social media, but I, I'm truly that excited. I, I took it out twice this past weekend, uh, just for a couple hours at a time. It's cold, but uh, Hudson and I went out once, and then Dad and I just just making sure, you know, I got the bass tank hooked me up with uh, an amazing install. Darren and Austin out there, they worked tireless, tirelessly to get me in and out because I was so far from home and I was having the medical stuff. They worked on that thing from 8 in the morning till 10 at night, got me back on the road on Thursday morning, headed back to uh, to Middle Tennessee, so Thanks to those guys, the, the cleanest install I've ever seen. Darren, like he had a level out, you know, making sure the garments were lined up right. But uh, everything is just as it should be. But uh, if you check out my Instagram, I post and I'm fixing to do a full walkthrough video uh, for y'all that are asking about that. And and uh, I've got it filmed. I've just got to edit it. But this cool wet sounds like stereo system in this thing uh that they put in this thing four speakers like i'm bumping okay rgb lights that match so cool everything like my kid i'm the i, I actually text cole reed who uh is is designs these boats works so hard on them i text him on friday night and said hey man i gotta tell you like you made me look like a rock star with my kids <laughs> with this uh, with this light setup. They 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 did. We had a dang dance party in the garage on Friday night. So super pumped about it, man. You know, it's a uh, it's a barge. Like this thing is. Uh, that's all my dad kept saying. He's like, this damn thing is huge. <laughs> He's like, this thing is huge, and it is. I mean, it's twenty one foot long bass boat. It's 21 feet. I've never had a 21 foot boat in my life. So I ran some twenties. You know, mostly twenties. But this thing just looks like. It's, it's gigantic. And at the lake yesterday, I met some low lifers um, yesterday, and they were like, "How is it? This this it?" They were they were pumped up for me and uh, checking out the trailer, checking out the boat. It was it was really cool. So it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. Been crazy, but it's been a lot of fun. And uh, get that thing loaded up this week, and then uh, a week from right now, D Money and I, stupid dumb Darian, we are headed to Choke Canyon, Texas, with the Six Sense family. And we're going to go down there and do some filming for a few days. So I'm going to get to break that bad boy in on some South Texas biggins, hopefully, because we got some frigid weather coming into Tennessee this week. So I doubt it sees the uh, sees the water. Got to have it wrapped up this week. Truck and boat. Things are happening, guys. Things are happening in 2021 in full, full, full motion here. All right, moving on. Moving on. Tournaments are back. We talked about that last week. I got to say a huge congratulations to Brian Schmidt, old Schmitty. Put a beat down on them boys at the Toyota Series. And one of, in my opinion, the classiest dudes in this whole whole sport, super professional. And in my opinion, probably will go down in history as like in that top five, like greatest grass fisherman ever. And I think that's a weird, that's a weird statement to make about somebody, I guess, because, you know, grass, a lot of people know how to fish grass. They know how to break it down. Dude, Brian just, man, we were at Okeechobee one year on tour and he just mined this offshore hydrilla for just massive weight. Same thing he did this week. You know, obviously he's great on the Potomac River where he lives. 
Uh, but he's just a he's just a grass guru, man, and it's so impressive to me because everybody's got the same electronics now. You know, everybody knows. Hey, you're you're in Florida, dude. You better be looking for grass. It's everywhere. There's offshore hydrilla all over. Uh, you know, Toho down on Kissimmee, some of the other lakes on the chain. And dude, he he just he just that much better than you. Like it's just that's that's Brian. You know, there are a few guys that are like that. Uh, Buddy Gross is another one that's that's fantastic in the grass that, that I would put him like leaps and bounds in front of people. But Brian is uh, that dude that it really shocked me that uh, he didn't get an Elite Series win last year. But I, I don't think you can hold him down two years in a row, man. I just don't think you can. So congratulations to Brian. That was a cool tournament, man. There were a lot of big ones weighed in, and that one they had some uh, they had some cold front stuff come in. But uh, but congratulations to old Schmitty. On uh, laying the smackdown on some Florida bass. Uh, good luck to him at the St. John's River and the rest of the crew. Uh, another <laughs> this another big news item that happened. It was announced while I was on the road and after after uh, I'd already filmed LBL for last week, and that is the brand new Johnny Morris U.S. Open. But I thought the U.S. Open was the one bass that's been a tournament for 29 years at Lake Mead, Luke. No! The only U.S. Open that exists is the Johnny Morris U.S. Open. But but no, there's a there's a U.S. Open that's already it's been a big deal for 29. Nope, nope. It's Johnny's world or nobody's world. Uh, big tournament. Big tournament deal announced. A very cool tournament series if you own a White River Marine Group boat. Uh, lots of takeaways from this. A lot of you ask repeatedly, why are so many guys leaving Ranger, Luke? What is going on at Ranger? Well, look no further than this. Look no further than this. This the, There was a video. A really Go watch it. It's the video's funny to me because uh, somebody paid to have it put together. But in the video, I mean, Johnny and his son, JP, I mean, they're very adamant that no pros involved. Hey, no pros. And they and look, these guys have supported pro fishing. I, I don't want to take anything from that. Johnny Morris has done a lot for the sport. Johnny Morris has supported pros. But what's going on right now with the mass exodus of Ranger pros? Look no further than this tournament trail. They're going to pay a million dollars first place in this amateur-only team event. You can't have won more than $100,000. You can't uh, have paid more than $2,500 in entry fee to compete in these events. And so you alienate a lot a lot of people that are A, willing and B, able to pay a $900 entry fee to fish one of these tournaments. Uh, I think they have big plans that these are going to be full. If they're full, uh, y'all can just say I'm wrong. I just don't see, because they're having six qualifiers, I just don't see 250 boats showing up at all of these, because you got to have a certain boat. Then you got to meet that criteria. So I just don't know. Maybe maybe they, maybe they a ton of people you know, will show up. I don't know. Uh, I'm hearing rumblings that, that people don't think it's going to be full. Uh, I think the name's weird, right? Like, that's weird just to call it what another you know tournament's been called for Ever and ever, amen. But um, there are some positives. I mean, a million-dollar first-place prize, you know. Uh, it just it, it is a little disheartening to hear, like, bigger than the pros, bigger than the pros, bigger than the pros, when you support pro fishing, too, by sponsoring Bass Pro Tour, sponsoring Bassmaster. I mean, like, that's a little weird 
to because the video announcement was just very adamant about no pros, you know, no pros, no pros, no pros, no pros, no pros. And then you see this mass cut with pros. That's where this, you know, they're definitely funding the money this way. Will they sell a bunch of new boats because of this? Nah, I don't think so. Um, I think that's the goal, obviously. But, you know, I think from the Ranger side, when you cut so many pro staff guys, even the, you know, you have regional pro staff guys that aren't running these boats anymore that would just buy a boat at a discounted rate that have gone to, you know, other companies, um, that hurts boat sales. Like that kind of stuff does hurt your overall company boat sales. So can you replace the guys you fired just with new boats you're going to sell for guys to pay a $900 entry fee and go fish one turn? Because you're only allowed to fish one of the qualifiers. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it was a smart move, me personally. Uh, I think the tournament as a standalone thing is, is, is a cool deal. I think clearing salary cap room, so to speak, to have these events, that's where it comes off to me, and doubling down on whatever they're doubling down on, this kind of anti-pro marketing a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, I, don't, I, just, I don't know. We'll see how that we'll see how it plays out for them. They may be really successful events. Says so it's going to be on NBC Sports. They're going to give a million bucks, a million bucks to the winner and like to the winning team, and that's wild. That's huge money. That's huge, 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 huge money. Um, really impressive. There's going to be some scholarships involved for junior anglers. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, there's just there was just some things that jumped out in it to me that were very kind of, I don't know. I, I've seen some people uh, making some posts about it. Like, well, yeah, I would love to do that, but you know, that are, that are diehard team fetch. I don't think people should be penalized because they've won money. They shouldn't be penalized because they've chased a dream and paid a bigger entry fee. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that's the case. I know a lot of people that were alienated, but guess what? Um, question in the back. Yeah, Luke, uh, those are the people that like fishing tournaments and pay big money to fish tournaments. You just alienated the people that pay money. Because no offense to anybody rocking a 16-foot bass tracker that they just picked up at their local bass pro shops, but I don't see that guy as the diehard that's going to pay 900 bucks Now, it's like buying a lottery ticket, right? Like paying the power, playing the Powerball. Maybe, maybe there'll be more of them than not. Uh, but I just think that that guy just enjoys fishing leisurely. He might not be a big tournament guy. And I'm not saying people that have bass trackers don't fish tournaments. There's countless people that do. I'm just saying it's a big entry fee, 450 bucks per person. It's a lot of money, man. And the people that are used to paying those kind of entry fees are the ones with that kind of earnings in a tournament trail and, and, have paid a $2,500 entry fee or higher. So you've alienated a lot of those. Um, so what could, because, and my thing is, who cares? You know, we want it to be a level playing field. I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the whole, we, pros shouldn't be allowed to fish. Dude, you think right now that if you have a local tournament on Okeechobee, and there are exceptions to this rule, but if you think you have a local tournament on Okeechobee, Bunch of BFL dudes fish every week at Okeechobee, and Scott Martin rolls up that Scott's automatically going to blow it out. No, no. Roland's going to show up and blow it out. No, it's not the case. You're just being silly. 
being silly with yourself with that kind of stuff. And local tournaments, they, they get caught up in that. I understand not having a guide in. If a guide is out there on the water seven days a week, but having a no pro rule because a guy pays an entry fee, I don't know. There are tournament trails that do it. Most tournament trails do it, you know. I have fished several that, that uh, won't let you because you fish FLW or whatever. I, I think that's silly. It's silly. Nine times out of ten, I feel like the locals are going to beat them, especially in a one-day deal. But, um, you know, and I understand, you know, maybe maybe if you're having that in your Bass Pro, you go, anybody we sponsor can't be in it. You know, if you're a national pro, like, hey, Tim Horton, hey, Ott, hey, whoever, you know, in a nitro, like you get Kevin Van Damme. You guys can't fish it. Mark Zona, you and the twins. You're not fishing, buddy. You're not fishing. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, There's a lot of good in it and a lot of just weird. And and, uh, and that video was uh, something. It was something. Uh, so go take a look at it. Let me know what you think in the comments. In the comments. That being said, my dad, uh, who's trying to buy my Express from me right now already, and um, is just like, I want it. Don't sell it to anybody else. I want it at the end of the year. He's got one of my old Rangers, and uh, he's like, I'm in. I'm thinking about going and ponying up, giving Johnny some more money, and going and, and going and fishing those. But who wouldn't? Like, I, I, I get it. You're a tournament guy. But my dad – who, if you look up FLW earnings or Bassmaster earnings, he hasn't earned a hundred thousand in those. But listen, I've been fishing tournaments with the guy for twenty years. He's won over a hundred thousand dollars easily, and then some. <laughs> you can't police that, and he'll dot them eyes for you too. I promise you. <laughs> Especially if they bite that old spinnerbait, he's gonna beat you. He's gonna beat you. So uh, interesting. It's big news though. It's big news. Big news. The U.S. Open, not the one you're thinking about, but the new one. Johnny, Johnny U.S. Open. I'd like to get Johnny Morris on this podcast for real. I think that would be really, uh, I think that would be a fun conversation. Um, Johnny or JP. So holler at me. Y'all watching this? Give your boy a holler. Give me a shout. Let's talk. JP, what's up? Give me a call. Let's talk. All right, guys. So I want to set this up by saying um, this guy is the most requested guest since I've been doing this. And it's, I mean, there's never been anybody that you you low-lifers have asked for more. So I reached out to him. He was getting his stuff ready at the St. John's River. Um, actually recorded this yesterday, full disclosure, because he was he was going to be practicing. So I, and I, wanted to, I wanted to get an interview with him. Uh, this young man, and I say young because he's a lot younger than me, this young man just wrapped up... Uh, a great rookie elite series campaign. He is now fixing to start right now this week at the St. John River, St. John's River, his second year, his sophomore season. He kicked it off last year with a top 10 at the St. John's River. He has a YouTube channel that is growing, that is very educational, that is very entertaining. Uh, I came to respect this guy a lot last year on the water, the way he carried himself on live, the way he broke down his techniques. And he's a hustler. And he's a fish catcher, and I think that he is one of the next superstars in the sport of bass fishing after this conversation that you're about to see. But ladies and gentlemen, via Zoom from Palatka, Florida, Elite Series Pro, Kyle Welcher. All right, as promised to y'all last week, I told you I had a good one, and here he is from Palatka, Florida, Mr. Kyle Welcher. What's up, dude? Not too much. Just just rolled into town here in Palatka, getting ready for St. John's, and 
figured we got the last off day today, so spend a little time on the low budget live podcast. Yeah, yeah, not so live. And uh, man, I appreciate you doing it. I know that that St. John's River. You feeling it again? You you feeling like you're back at home a little bit? What what are you thinking going into this week? These tournaments like this, there's so many options. Like you know, we've got we've got 63 miles where we can run south. We've got I don't know how many 25 or 30 that we can run actually north towards Jacksonville. Hundreds of canals. We got another an entire another lake. We can lock the Rodman. There's just so many options on the table this week. We're really looking for a needle in a haystack. So we won't really have any good feeling until maybe a day day and a half of practice to kind of get a gauge on can we run around and catch some or do we got to find an area and just try to milk it so right now we're just a little a little skeptical is, is how i call it <laughs> well last year you kicked it off with a bang with a top 10 down there your rookie year the greatest fish catch of all all you know probably like the last 10 years in my opinion the footage was freaking awesome your marshall filmed it on his phone it ended up on on bass live it was just insane man uh but did you leave that practice last year confident thinking you were going to catch them or how, how did how did you feel going into your first elite because you banged out a top 10 and that doesn't happen for a lot of rookies right yeah no i i, I had a really good practice like i drove down here last year and i drove almost all the way to dexter the first morning of practice and i think it was like 33 degrees when we're putting in the first day of practice, which is pretty daggum cold for Florida. Yeah. First stop I made, fished for three minutes and caught a two and a half pounder on a frog. Like, first stop I made ever on the St. John's. <laughs> I fished the St. John's for five minutes and caught one on a freaking frog. So it was a pretty good practice. That, that kind of, I had three really good days of practice, very consistent, shook off some really big ones. I was kind of able to get bites pretty consistently like i could almost i could pretty much find the right kind of canal the right kind of main lake stuff and i could get some bites pretty consistently which is pretty rare for a tournament you almost never actually can feel like you're gonna get some bites consistently but then obviously if people remember it's been a year ago now but we had a lot of conditions come in we we had a a wind that was actually blowing straight from the river into the ocean so this is a tidal fishery so there's nothing blocking this water from going straight into the ocean other than you know, like how flat the earth is, it keeps on. <laughs> I'm not saying the earth is flat. I'm just saying it doesn't run straight out because man, you've been to get killed in a comment. He's a flat earther. Kyle yeah. Wilson's a flat earther. Well, whenever you're at blast off in the morning, just think about how calm the, the water is. How could it possibly be round? <laughs> I'm completely joking. So yeah, so if the wind blows straight towards the ocean, it can actually blow the water out and actually create like a super low tide. In the same way as the opposite, if it blows straight in for like days and days and days, super hard, it can actually make the water get higher than it's ever been. So we had two days straight of postponement, the water being blown out. So it actually dropped the water a lot. So the first day of the tournament, I think I had 12 or 15, two and a half or three and a half pounders marked on bed to start St. John's last year. Obviously we had two days of postponement, the water low, First canal I go into, I get to the back of it, and the bed where a three and a half pounder was sitting was literally dry, like mm-hmm. a- actually out of the water. So obviously I wasted an hour and a half or two hours trying to run those canals, knowing there was no water in them, and then we had to go salvage. And then I kind of got dialed in on the end of day one that that water dropping had kind of concentrated these fish in a little bit deeper places that there was still a little bit of water. And all you had to do was be relatively close to where you think they're going to spawn. The water was sucked out of it. And you could kind of fish pretty fast, which is not common for Florida because there was there was like 
little sweet spots all throughout the lake where they just had to be like, if they wanted to be shallow, this is almost like where they either had to be under a dock or had to be under this grass because there was nothing, they couldn't just get on the bank because it was too low. So it, it really kind of concentrated where it was more of a run and gun tournament for me than normally it is for Florida. So yeah, it consolidated them and the conditions actually probably helped me. I was having a really good practice, but if the conditions would have been stable, it probably would have took like 24 pounds a day to win. So, you know, I think it ended up taking like 16 a day to win ours because the conditions were just so terrible. So obviously you catch a 10 pounder whenever it only takes like 12. Goes a long way. <laughs> it helps a ton. So yeah, it was, it was a good, good event. It, it was a big relief to, to get away from the first tournament you ever fish on, on the elite series. And you don't, you're not automatically under the gun. Like I got to make up ground, you know, like actually leaving St. John's last year, I could actually even afford a really bad finish in the next tournament and still be okay. So it takes a lot of pressure off. Then the, the second tournament of the year, we had another, I think the second tournament was Lake Ufala and we had another good. Yeah. So it just, after those two, the pressure was kind of off because I would have to do really, really bad in a couple in a row to really fall out into the straight danger zone. So it took a ton of pressure off, which is, any pressure you can get off when you're a rookie trying to afford this and travel this oh, much yeah. is a big deal. Do you – you seem like a guy that, you know, just watching your videos, watching on live, you don't seem like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Is that – is am I am I reading that wrong? Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself? Because you seem like – you seem like you handle it, dude, because you're on Bass Live like at Gunnersville. I remember. I'm like, this guy is breaking this down – more than I feel like most guys do, right? Like you're talking, you don't, you're laying it all out there for everybody. I'm like, man, this this man's got a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. He's on Gunnersville. He's on the Elise. He's on ESPN, and you you would just break it down. So you don't seem like a guy who puts a lot of pressure on yourself. It, it, so is that how you are most of the time? Just well, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but it's in a different area than most people do. So I, I can't speak for anyone else in particular, but. I feel like other people put a lot of pressure on themselves as far as results go. As far as being results-oriented, they're like, at all costs, I have to get out of here with a good finish. You know, just say you're going to the last tournament with a, you know, and then just say you're in 55th trying to make the Classic and you need a good event. People are putting a lot of pressure on themselves as far as having a good result. And I try to put a lot of pressure on myself to weigh every single variable that I possibly can weigh before I make any decision, no matter what decision it is. If I'm going to run in the back of a creek two miles, you know, any kind of like that, I'm going to just try to make sure that I don't overlook or not think about anything. So the pressure that I put on myself is to, is to not miss any information that's given to me. And then to, so the nights that bother me is whenever I had, I, I ran into a, a canal and just say, I caught one off the second dock. I run to another canal and I catch one, like the same distance back on, on a different cover. And then maybe I didn't pick up on it fast enough because like th there was a pattern to it, but maybe I didn't pick up on it fast enough. So that, that kind of stuff is, is the kind of pressure I put on me is to not miss that type of stuff. I never put pressure on myself to have a certain result. I would always say is make the best decision you can make at the current time and good things work out. And like, if I make a decision and I go there and it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean that I made a bad decision because at the time when I made the decision, I just weighed myself on the amount of information I had at that time, not on what happened after I made the decision because you didn't have that info when you made the decision. So I do put a lot of pressure on myself, but it's kind of it's kind of structured in a different way than most of the people that I that's you know that it seems to be for other people anyway. Are you sure you're like 25 years old? Are you sure about that? 
well, are you sure? Because that's pretty that's pretty heavy stuff, dude. That that's yeah. I think I see why you're top ten in AOY for your first year and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, a lot of luck goes into that, you know. You, <laughs> skip, a, you skip a cinco in our dock at seventeen, catch a seven. You flipping a mat here, catch a ten. I mean, that kind of stuff helps. You gotta have, you gotta have it though. Yeah. But you're ready for it. What happened, dude? That video it cracked me up. You'd done kind of gone past that mat last year just a little bit, and you'd kind of pitch back. You said, <laughs> "Dude, everything about that was amazing." I, I sent that to all my buddies. Like, look at, look at this, look at this dude. And man, it was right there at that time. Cause I'll be honest. Like I didn't, I didn't follow your YouTube at that time leading up to that tournament. I, I, I had, I wasn't as familiar with you as I should have been. And on the podcast, in the comments, man, you gotta get Kyle, gotta get Kyle on, you gotta get Kyle on. And as the year went on, that just got more and more and more. And here lately, man, as I, I talk about on the show a ton, the YouTube world versus the pro fishing world. As far as I know you see it, it's changing. You know, a lot of pro fishermen want to be YouTubers and a lot of YouTubers now want to be pro fishermen. And the industry is kind of split. I feel like, you know, where the sponsor dollars are going, there's just a lot of things going on, but you're a guy trying to do both. And your YouTube stuff to me is so good because you're so educational, man. And I don't understand how you don't have like a hundred thousand subs. Like the more and more I've watched, I don't, I don't get it. But I, I don't understand anything about YouTube. I never will claim no, to. I just run no my mouth on a podcast. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got five thousand views today. Oh, I got twenty five thousand this week. I'm killing it. And then the next week you get two thousand. Right. But so to me though, I think you handle it in a way that. I don't know. I don't want to say you're a fence straddler, but like there are a lot of pros that don't give up the goods, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like on your YouTube channel, you give up the, the juice. Maybe, just like you did in live coverage. Maybe too much sometimes, but I think that uh, I don't think there's any secrets left. I mean, every once in a while, you'll get on something where it's like, okay, I'm cutting this off. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the most part, Everybody throws a swim jig. Everybody throws a bladed jig. I mean, what? I mean, 99%, I'll say 95% of the baits that you catch a fish on, every single person in the elites has the bait t- laid on the front deck. That's right. It's just like, when do I pick it up? Over when does he pick it up? You know, like, and then whenever I get to a piece of cover, what makes me pick up something else? So it's not so much about telling people, these are the hooks I put on this square bill. This is the line I'm throwing on a bladed jig. This is the rod I use. That kind of stuff is you know, pretty standard, but you can't teach the, like, uh, it's almost, I mean, it really is kind of an intuition of when you pick up what, and that makes, oh, yeah. that makes all the difference. You know, if you just, I mean, judging by the past six years, if you just want to throw a blade jig for the rest of your life, you'll make a top 10 in every tournament. But I mean, it don't seem like that when you're on the water, but there's always somebody doing it no. and, every, and everybody applies it in a little bit different way. So I don't, I don't think there's much secrets. I think that, uh, it's all about location and and why you pick it up when is, is what makes you, you know, timing. Yeah, timing. Yeah. When I think is is such an underrated thing in fishing that people don't realize. When were you there? Why did that happen? Right. When you got that bite? But you're right. Everybody thinks, oh, dude, a jackhammer. Yeah, man, yeah. just give me a jackhammer. Just go down a bank. I catch forty just like those guys do. But it it's it's how you apply it, where you apply it. But there are. I don't know. There are fewer secrets, but there are still little. I know you you see them out there just like I did when I was on the tour. Like there's just there's like little bitty sneaky things guys do, like little adjustments. But you, I mean, you're you're throwing that kind of stuff out there too. But there's little tweaks. 
there are fewer and fewer and fewer because more guys need content, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's like all, you know, what's Edwin Evers and Jordan Lee and Swindle and all these guys like, Hey, I got a YouTube channel, David Dudley. He's another one. Like he throws it all out there. Right. He just, he just, throw, except he won't tell you what hook he throws his damn wacky worm on, which drives me crazy. Cause you think it's just a wacky worm and he beats everybody's brains out with it, but he won't tell you what kind of hook he throws it on. So Dudley, I'm calling you out right here. Like show us the dang hook. But, uh, I would totally agree with that, though, man. There's fewer secrets of people. Everybody's got the electronics now. Even your weekend guys that aren't as serious about it as, as other people, they got live scope. They got 360. They So really and truly, it, it's just it comes down to the situation, comes down to where you put it. So I want to ask you this, man, and, and, and you tell me, hey, this is, this is too personal, but I, I talk about the business of fishing on here all the time. It's, it's, it's why I think people like to listen to me because I talk about the ins and outs um, kind of the backstage life, so to speak. When you're Kyle Welcher and you finish in the top 10 of the AOI in the Bassmaster Elite Series, and you're saying, hey, it's a lot of pressure financially. Well, like to go into your, to your rookie year, it's a lot of pressure to compete, to cash checks, to get sponsors. Did you see an uptick after that top 10? Are you, are you playing with house money more this year, so to speak, than you were last year with sponsor-wise? Did it get better for you, or is it still just – like, hey, I got to have another solid year to try to get some more attention. How did, how is that working for you? Yeah, so th- this year's definitely been, been a lot better. So I, the way that I, I feel about it is, like, whenever I was a rookie, you know, coming to the Bass Bears Elite Series, unfortunately, probably about half the rookies are gone in two or three years. That's just like, sure. e- like every new wave, half of them are going to be gone in two or three years. Yes. So, you know, is it worth it for a company to invest a lot of money in you whenever you might not be there? Three years down the road, yeah. no, because because the investment kind of like compounds over time. So I feel like that's the biggest thing is you know you, if you have a good finish in AOI, it's like well this guy's probably he would have to have like now a really bad year or else two kind of bad years before he gets kicked out. So we probably at least got two more years with him. <laughs> so you know it feels like that's kind of more important is is the longevity of it. But yeah, the the YouTube channel helped a ton. It, it probably grew. It probably doubled last year, maybe a little bit more probably over the course of the year. So that helps an absolute ton as far as sponsor go, especially if you look back to last year, how much inconsistency we had. If you if you can post something consistent and still get relatively decent numbers, that just adds something to the sponsors whenever they don't have any other way of promotion other than what I can film, you know, by myself in a local pond if I want to or whatever. Yeah. That's like the best thing they had going for three months, you know? So, yeah, that's – it definitely helped a ton. I think that uh, the top ten in AOI that was that was definitely helped. It's a lot. Sounds a lot better than eleven. Like it sounds way better. Oh than yeah, man! Them top tens. We came in dead tenth, but actually <laughs> on on Lake Fork, if I'd have came in eleventh place, I'd have won AOI on Lake Fork. So very very close. That just shows how tightly packed it was. So tight. And it Austin was... Felix, same way. He could have oh, came yeah. in. Like, he could have came in like twentieth, I think, won AOI, which is. Pretty insane, you know, for a rookie to be in that. Situation. Oh, yeah. And you look at the names, dude. You look at the names in that top 10 and oh, in the whole field. I mean, you're like, okay, you're swinging with Clark Winland, dude. That guy's a living legend. Yeah, that's like right. Eight, down, 18 AOIs now for Clark Winland. Like, yeah, yeah, 25. I don't know. Yeah, Clark's the, Clark's the best. But um, I think I, I've said it on here a bunch, but I think last year going into the fall, in those final tournaments, it was one of my favorite elite seasons ever just because I miss fall tournaments. And I know the Opens dip into the fall, but it it was cool watching 
you guys struggle. I know it wasn't yeah. for y'all. Like at Chick, you're like trying to get three or four bites a day and just fingers crossed praying because it's so brutal. But man, I love that because that's what I live. I'm a Tennessee River rat and I, and I see the tournaments come here in May and June and it uh, looks like, you know, you know, Gunnersville, dude, you know, Pickwick, 28, 30 pound backs. People are thinking, man, these places are great all the time. Like, nah, right. come back September, come back in October. You'll find out it's a little bit different. But I think that AOI being kind of drug out all year was just, it was one of the best, uh, best ones ever, man. So um, my hat's off to you, man, for putting up with everything you got, like starting the year. I can't imagine fireworks at St. John's. And then they're like, uh, hey, Kyle. Yeah, we're going to be done for about four months if that's all right with you there. But, I mean, think about it. So, to come back at you fall and have a great event, dude, That's I, that that had to just calm you down. And, obviously, you look through the finishes of the year, had a great year. Um, so, I got – I, I have to do some digging sometimes on the show. Right. And, dude, I, I did not know this about you, and you've pro- you may have made videos about it that I've missed. You may have talked about it on other podcasts. But in 2012, 2012, and I'm going to try to put a picture right here. I'm going to, this is for me to remind myself. But in 2012, a baby face, Kyle Welcher, fished the freaking FLWs, pro <laughs> circuit, the tour. Were you, was 17? I was uh, 18 and 19. 18, 18 and 19. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So- out of an eighteen foot uh, nitro with a one nitro, yeah, yeah, dude. Picture you're wearing a t-shirt, find a jerk mate. I saw the photo gallery. I had no business being there, but <laughs> we had we had like a yeah, we had to try it. You know, had, had to. You had a top ten up. though, right? Yeah, I actually I was leading one after day two, and then uh, ended up with the top ten. H- had a couple, had two more that uh, I look back on, and I think that. We were extremely close to getting two more ten thousand, like well within the range on day one. Having bad things happen on day two, and I probably wasn't quite as resilient as I should have been, you know, that old. And I could just think back on it. Those two more ten thousand dollar check probably changed the whole past like ten Everything. years. You know, yeah, it's a lot different whenever you, you know, twenty grand. Whenever you're trying to back then, the entry fees were like twenty twenty two thousand for the F, yeah. you know for the FW tour. So it's way different than it was now. So you're talking about two more $10,000 checks. That gives you another year to go, you know? So, yeah, we, we definitely took a shot. And we we were really, really close to making it. I think I was about two years too early. I think if I would have uh, – if I could have somehow took another shot when I was about 21, 22, just a little bit more, you know, mature, I think we could have stuck. But I think I was just a little bit too young whenever I was freaking 18, 19 years old trying to fish. But I, actually, the first boat I saw in tournament competition on Lake Hartwell – I'm fishing a bridge. I'm, I'm cranking a bridge. I, I had a really great practice. Like I had so good of a practice. You knew you was never going to catch a fish in the tournament. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm behind the bridge. I hear a boat come in, come off pad, start island underneath the bridge. By the time he clears the bridge, I turn around and look. It's Jimmy Houston. First boat I saw, period, <laughs> like period in tournament competition was Jimmy Houston. So, I mean, it, it was just a, a lot different for, a, you know, somebody that was, I think I was actually 18 at that time. So, that was that was pretty strange. Yeah, I, I got to digging around and I was like, "What? Two thousand? Because it's like pro circuit, you know." I'm like, yeah. "2012." And then there was a there's a gap like you didn't fish any FLW events, and then you you got in the Toyotas. You did good at the you made the championship or whatever they were then. Costas Toyotas they change all the time. You gotta be but, up to date. Yeah, it, but, yeah, you had changes all the time. 
but but you and you got back in and then you just finished you fished one season on the opens correct yeah. to make the elite so you yeah. dude you're a dangerous man Kyle Welcher I, I I I ain't trying to inflate your ego I don't feel like you got much of one but dude I you start looking through this stuff it's like Mercer and I talked about you off the record the other day and he said dude I'm telling you that's my guy <laughs> He said, yeah, he's like, he that. said, I'm telling you, man, he's like, that guy is going to be something. And, and I think if this, this year's, you know, coming up here, dude, the schedule, are you drooling? Cause you're an Alabama so, boy. Like, are you drooling a little we bit? We only have to weigh in 10 brown fish to have a good year. So I'm pretty excited about that. St. Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence, if we can just have, make it to day three. And I'll go largemouth fishing if I have to. So with 10 smallmouth is all I got to catch this year. So I'm pretty excited. And we've got actually for the elite season, the classic getting switched around with Pickwick. Now Pickwick's going to be a yeah kind of kind of better for me. I mean, Pickwick, you got 101 guys of forward facing sonar. It gets a little crowded out there. In a June. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's not. It's not – it doesn't have as much to offer as people think Pickwick, when they think of Pickwick. There's, yeah. there's, a few, there's a few places that a whole bunch of bass get, and it gets pretty crowded out there. So, March, I feel like that helps me a ton for as far as trying to do something with the points. Or I'm not saying AOI, but just try to have another good finish and stay in the elites for a little bit longer. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the schedule. Now, somebody called me. I was like, dude, uh, did you did you make the schedule? I was like, if I made it, there wouldn't be St. Lawrence on there at all. So, don't worry about that. I feel like there's a lot of guys that I know that I feel like they made the schedule this year. There's about 10 or 12 of y'all that I'm like, I know y'all can't sleep right now. You got Neely Henry, you going to Pickwick, going to Gunnersville, got the other Tennessee River one. How will you adjust going from Florida right back up there to Knoxville? I mean, you thinking about that? Like, man, if you're down there in sunny Florida, like this is going to suck. Because I'll tell you right now, living in Tennessee – and I'm in Middle Tennessee. I'm four hours to the west. This coming up here, here on Friday, our high is 22 and the low is seven. <laughs> yeah. So. I'll, probably, I'll probably waste the first day of practice on the Tennessee River throwing a frog and looking for bedfish because I just will not want to get yeah. at all costs. So yeah. definitely will go up there and it'll take me a few days before I finally throw a get, in the flat side of crankbait. Yeah, yeah, and bundle up. I have to wear your dadgum toboggan, some gloves, get right. your heated jacket out. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the weather looking like for y'all this week? Since you're at St. John's, I got to get the I got to get the the pregame, the yeah. uh, strategy. What are you thinking? Is it is it Florida cold front? I know they had a Toyota series this this week. Looked like it's been kind of cold. It's been blowing. What what are you guys facing this week oh. at St. John's? They're predicting a front to come through, but it's not going to be cold. It's going to be warm, but it's going to be a lot of rain. But I've been I've been keeping a track on this every cent. You know, every day I've been checking in the ten day forecast is finally over the course of the tournament. And initially, like we were going to have a ton of rain, and then slowly but surely, it seems like maybe less and less rain, and it's getting warmer. So now it's predicted to be in the eighties for like the last day of practice, the off day, and then like all the tournament. But we're going to have a lot of rain. Right now, it does look like it's blowing out some. So, if I had to guess, by the time the tournament rolls around, it's going to be sunny and eighty. So, it's going to be going to be pretty good. They're going to be they're going to be up there with their tails sticking out of the water. I was going to say, I don't know if y'all watching this realize what goes in, on in Florida after about two weeks of cold weather when it hits eighty and the sun gets out, but things change fast, fast. <laughs> and yeah. good and for the better. 
for the better, they, most of the time. So that's going to be interesting. I saw somebody griping on social media that it was going to be cold while y'all were there. I'm glad to hear that it's changing a little well, bit. I mean, it's hard to get eight days in a row where there's not a cold front. Oh, no, this time, yeah. I mean, it's it's so hard to do. So it looks – this is the first time I can ever remember. It actually looks like it's going to be pretty stable for like eight days in a row, which is – that's rare. I've never, I've never done uh, that no. in February. No, you, it, the, the weather will kill you this time of year. If you don't like it, just hold you, don't hold your breath, you know, cause it's changing right. in like an hour. That's right. how it is here right now. It's just ridiculous, man. All right. So I'm going to ask you this win and wait, give me a win and wait. What are you going to have this week? I, I'm, 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 you know, you, you got to be on the fantasy team this week. I think it'll probably take 101 guys. It'll probably take, 84 to 90. Come I'd on with it. Yeah. I'd say probably 84, 21 a day. That'd be so good. More than last year because no crazy water conditions. We're going we're going to catch them this year. But last year, I don't know exactly. I don't follow the fantasy fishing too much, but I can imagine that cutting it down to three days, nobody got the winning weight. Like, no, there's no way. How could anybody have possibly guessed it was going to take like 48 pounds on St. John's in a four-day tournament? So I, I don't know exactly how much weight even won last year, but how could anybody have got that weight? No, that would have been – yeah, it would have been impossible. Yeah. Dude, I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to do it again. We need to get together. We're, we're close enough. We need to get together and collab, as the YouTubers say, dude. We got we, we got to collab. I, like, I, I, I will, I've been thinking you and Darian were having that uh, – that. Show up, shut up. Yeah. And I was like, I got the winner. Like, I want the winner of this. Let's election. do it. Let's do it. So, he and I, I guess I'll just throw this out there. We hadn't announced it, but he and I are talking about doing that this year. So, we're going to do several more of those this year, but we want to do it with you guys that we know that fish for a living. And both of us go, like, he challenges somebody, I challenge them. We're going to get the brake speed off of us. And we know that, but it'll be so much fun, man. But try to go to lakes that you hadn't been to, I hadn't been to, you know, that right. kind of thing. Dude, yeah, we're, I'll text him, want to get off here and be like, Welcher's in. He's in. <laughs> I'm always show up, shut up, dude. We had so much fun with that. We're actually going to Texas down to Choke Canyon and a couple other smaller lakes a week, a week from today, actually. And we're going to go down out there and uh, he doesn't have his boat rigged out yet. So we're going to try to do a couple of those like uh, ultimate match fishing style in my boat. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're coming up with some formats and stuff to try to make it work while we're out there. But uh, we got to go out there for a sponsor. But uh, dude, one more thing. When you see Jason Christie and Greg Hackney, I want you to walk up to him and say, welcome, rookies. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah. I can just see Stare Hackney like, right in the eyes like, what's up, Rook? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. You need us to show you how to go through boat check, Rookie? Nah, I'll get Hunter to do it. I'll get my, yeah. I get, she's about this tall off the table. I'll get her to go do it. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Do it. All right, buddy. Good luck this week. Thank y'all, and uh, be safe out there. All right. See you. Thanks, Kyle. Well, there it is. Mr. Kyle Welcher. I want to thank him again for taking time out of his tackle prep, getting ready for the St. John's River to talk to us. And I want to, again, wish him and all the other guys the best of luck to St. John's River. I think, the, you know, like he mentioned there, this warming trend they've got, I think we're fixing to see some, uh, some St. John's fireworks, you know, compared to last year. They just got dealt a really crappy hand weather-wise last year. So I think the, the winning weights will definitely be significantly higher than they were last year, um, but super thankful that uh, that Kyle came on to talk about that. 
and uh, everything else, man. He is uh, Kyle is wise beyond his years, and I, I said that. But some, I talk to a lot of people. Y'all know that I talk to a lot of guys on here, and there are some of them that just when they say things that just kind of stop me. And I don't know if you noticed that through the crappy Zoom feed, my face when he got to talking about um, the pressures he put him on, on himself. But it's pretty heavy stuff. Like go back, he he threw a lot out there in that segment. But go back and and listen to that through and. This is, uh, but just this dude's dialed. I'm telling you, he's dialed, and uh, hopefully he uh, backs that up this year and has a, a great sophomore season. But I think he's got an awesome outlook. His lovely wife travels with him to every event. Like, dude, you got you can't can't bet against that man. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. So make sure you're you're uh, subbed to his YouTube channel. I know most of you that follow me probably are because I've seen the comments, and I hope you guys enjoyed that and. And to, and to back the him up on what he said, show up and shut up. He challenged me and stupid Darian. He wants the winner, so he's got him right here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tangle with some Kyle Welcher this year on some show up, shut up. So you have my you have my word, low lifers. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw it out there, and uh, I'm probably gonna take it on the chin because that's like going against Conor McGregor. I feel like at this point, but. Uh, Talking about doing some more of that with the Show Up, Shut Up this year, and uh, we're actually going to film a new Show Up and Shut Up week after next in Texas. So be on the lookout for that. Boats and Pros coming back very soon as well. Been talking about that, planning that out. So thank you guys for all the support, all the comments, all the uh, time you spent in the low-lifer, low-budget live world. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I know I do this at the end of every show every week, but I, I am truly, I'm grateful that this is what I get to do in life. I am grateful that, uh, you know, people like Express Boats and Garmin and Six Sense and Startron and, and the list goes on and on and on think enough of me to, you know, let me represent them week after week after week after week after week and let some of you, uh, Piss and moan that I talk about sponsors. <laughs> like, I'm grateful to be in that position that people are mad that I'm talking about sponsors. So thank y'all for showing up. As long as you keep showing up, I'm going to keep running my mouth. Y'all know the deal. Make sure to hug your mama and your daddy. Hope y'all have a great, great week. LD and the MC will be up on Wednesday as long as Mercer doesn't decide between now and then that he can't do this anymore with a hillbilly. Um, he's got a busy week. He's got an MC this week. At Palaka, so I'm not sure when we're going to record, but uh, we're going to get it done though. LD and the MC, thanks for all the love on that. We were having an absolute blast, as if you couldn't tell if you watched that. Going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. Y'all stay safe out there, and I will see y'all next time. Town of Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish Moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another and I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to